there's no better way to start your week than with a brand new Village Vice. He is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law. Plenty, plenty to talk about here on this uh, third Sunday in December. Welcome in. Um, Zach, we're going to start with with some press conference talk for the bowl game, some portal sure. talk, getting into some basketball as well. But Hugh Freeze met with the media Saturday to preview the bowl and other stuff. Like it wasn't just a bowl preview. We're going to get some personnel updates. And I thought one of the most intriguing conversation points was about the quarterbacks when he basically said the trendy thing to do is to look at every new quarterback and say, this is your guy, this is your guy. But he started throwing out Peyton Thorne's winning numbers and completion percentages and basically just said point blank. They believe Peyton Thorne is their guy. To me, Zach, that sort of took a lot of the drama around portal season and put it on the shelf. What about you? I think it's some of that. And I also think there is a salary cap component to this. Like there is a budget from an NIL standpoint that that is a factor in this. Could they have gone out and dropped millions of dollars on a new quarterback? Maybe. But I don't think the ones that were available are that much better or better at all than, than Peyton Thorne. I think when you look at the Riley Leonard's, I think what Peyton Thorne did in Michigan State was more impressive than what Riley Leonard did at Duke, and we could talk about that with Kyle McCord. We can talk about that with several guys that Auburn fans were, were I'm sure, tweeting at Hugh Freeze and a bunch of other folks saying, hey, let's go get this guy. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Could Auburn have gone out and gotten a transfer portal quarterback? I think they could have, Brad. I think they could have, and I think this would have been a place where Auburn could have sold the fact of, like, man, you're about to have a really talented wide receiver room coming in young but talented. And I think folks would have listened, especially with the fan base, especially with the NIL money that they have throwing around. I think they would have listened for sure. Mm -hmm. But several of these guys that Auburn fans were super interested in, I'm like, I, I don't think it's a better situation than Peyton Thorne going into his second season where he doesn't have to relearn the scheme and relearn the offense. I think that's such an underrated part of all this. It looks like you agree. And so, yeah, give me Peyton Thorne over – all but one or two of the guys that played quarterback that entered the portal this uh, this window. Yeah, and not just not just Peyton by himself. Like he's the guy you want to take all the snaps because it means he's staying healthy and productive and sure, and he's running it. But the other quote, sort of the back half of a long quote from Hugh Freeze in Saturday's presser was, um, "Number one, if you take one, this is just I'm going to read the full thing. I know we don't do a lot of that, but number one, if you take one, you're probably going to lose." Uh, Peyton Holden, you better be right. I believe in Peyton. I believe in Holden. I believe in Hank. And I believe in the kid we have coming. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that's my belief. And then he said, I'm looking forward to getting better pieces in our offense and, and him improving. So um, there is sort of opportunity cost. And you understand that if you bring in somebody brand new, your rooms, you're not just going to net one plus. You're going to mm -hmm. plus one and then minus one. And now your room lacks at least a marginal part of the experience that it had. So you better be right, I think, is the key term there. If you bring in somebody new, you have to start all over. They have to learn the scheme. They have to get comfortable with the line, the personnel, the receivers. And all of that groundwork is already in place, not just with Peyton 
but with Holden and with Hank. And now looking at, at next year, you only really have to start from scratch with one guy who you're likely not going to be counting on to play meaningful snaps in 24 anyway. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. And we had this discussion on, on the Friday edition of Village Vice when we were kind of recording shortly after the news about Robbie Ashford entering the portal came out, and we posed the question in our buy-sell segment of, okay, are we buying or selling? These are the four quarterbacks. This is the same quarterback room that's going to enter the season in uh, in eight or nine months. And we both bought it, and I think there are some caveats, right? Like if, if Holden Garner, which – my understanding is Holden has been told he has a chance to fight for the starting job, which I'm sure he says that to everybody. I'm sure I don't think that's a special Holden thing. I bet this coaching staff has told that to every player on this roster, which isn't unusual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, well, what right. if he's not? What if he's not the starter and is clearly Peyton and Holden never feels like he got those true like reps with the ones of the same amount that Peyton did, and and maybe he were to want to leave after that. You know, then I think you have to go out and get a a transfer that's possibly like a veteran backup. Yeah. But I don't know why Holden would leave in that point. I think then it would set up like you're probably not going to start right away, not going through spring somewhere else. And so you could just sit at Auburn and be groomed to be the next guy, which is the best case for Auburn. Because then all of a sudden you have what every team covets is this clear pecking order of the future at a position, specifically quarterback, you want that for all the positions, but for specifically quarterbacks, like, okay, you got one more year of Florn, you got a year or two of Peyton, then you've got a year or two of whoever wins the battle between Hank Brown and Walker White, and then whoever's after that, they'll already be in the system for two or three years. Yeah. So, like, you can see what they're doing here, and it makes sense, and I'm excited about that. I- I'm excited about another year of Peyton in the system. I'm excited about maybe a, a year of Holden or a year of Hank or a year of of Walker. It, it all makes sense mm-hmm. with what they're trying to build for the future. So there's layers to it, Brad, and it seems like the staff is nailing it. Auburn's had great success with guys who didn't really have roots in the program before coming to Auburn. There's no question, but yeah, it does it does make you feel a little more secure when multiple guys in that room that can be good players for you and can lead your team to wins have roots. They're familiar with the system. They, they've been in it and they've been a part of the culture for more than one year. Gives you a good feeling. It's going to help you with the recruiting pitch too. You know, like, Hey, you don't have to worry about us going out and getting a portal guy your junior year, because we know that you're going to be who we need you to be Mm -hmm. by the time you are a junior or redshirt sophomore and it's your turn. So I think it only helps. I think it only gives you another arrow in the quiver uh, of Hugh freeze and this coaching staff when they call on quarterbacks. All right, speaking of arrows that you have or you don't have, this won't be a full like 20-minute press conference reaction show. We won't do that. It was it was Saturday and a lot of people have just watched the whole thing by now, but I did I wanted to note and, and talk about some of the bowl opt-outs that he mentioned by name sure. and the impact that that has on preparation and maybe even expectations on the bowl game itself. But uh DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett, Marcus Harris, three guys, three starters on defense, three major players defensively um, yeah. that are that uh, are opting out of the bowl game. Jalen Simpson, if he's if if the hamstring recovery goes well enough, he wants to play. It's just a matter of if he's able to. So let's leave Jalen over here separately and just talk James Pritchett and Harris and the impact that that has on Auburn's defense against Maryland. Can I give you an unpopular opinion, Brad? I may get canceled for this. Okay. But 
I'm extremely pro veteran players that are going to the league, not playing in bowl games. Okay. I just am. I just am. And I, and I get that they want to, and if they want to, they should have every right to do so, but protect your draft stock. All, all of those guys will get drafted within the first two days, maybe early day three, but good for those guys. Mm-hmm. But from an Auburn perspective, from a, a college football program perspective, Use this bowl game to get some real quality reps for what the future looks like. We get to see Kane Lee as a cornerback one against Maryland, yeah. possibly going against Talia Tagovailoa. I read somewhere that they're expecting him to sit out, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But I mean, those are real quality reps. And then who steps up at that other cornerback spot? Is it JD Rim? Do they try Keontae Scott out there just to see what it looks like? I mean, you can really use this if you're Ron Roberts yeah. and Hugh Freeze and say, what do we have? Because Auburn's cornerback room, and I'm sure we've talked about this before on here, Brad, it's not empty. It's not yeah. like there's no talent. Like J.D. Rim, K.N. Lee, Terrence Love's more of a safety, Colton Hood, Tyler Scott, J.C. Hart, all of these guys can play. They were all highly recruited, coveted guys that trended late in their recruiting cycle for a reason, because they can play, because they have the skills mm-hmm. that you look for. And so now it's like, okay, a lot of these guys, you got a year under your belt. You've been running scout team. Let's give you a shot and let's see who steps up because not only can you look and say, hey, this is what's available for the bowl game, but until we add a corner or two via the portal, that's, that path is still going to be there. Yeah. And so th- those are all guys that I say, hey, give them a shot, give them a green light and say, hey, there's essentially a spark, a starting role for the bowl game. Go get it. I think yeah. that's great. I think that, no. I mean, you talk about making those bowl bowl practices count. Yeah. Create that competition. Give them something to fight for. Reminds me a little bit of the scene in the dark night where the Joker's got the pool cue and there's two guys there and they bring it, brought him in and he goes, all right, there's one spot available on our team. So we're going to have tryouts. There's only one spot, and he throws the pool cue down there after he breaks it in half, and he goes, make it fast. So, yep, competition is a really good thing. Yes? I think we just made show history. (laughs) Did I reference a movie you have seen? I think it's the first time you've referenced a movie that I've actually seen. (laughs) Well, Are we growing? Are we growing? Well, look, that was a layup for you. It's a post-2003 or 2004 movie, so, you know, you'll watch it. Well, you, right. You've got to make your layups, Brad. That's you've right. You've got to make your layups, and that's you what do. Auburn basketball did. That's what Auburn basketball did. You want to talk Auburn basketball in a second? You cool with that? I uh, yeah, absolutely. I will echo the point you made about the the corners, though, and how yeah. it's reasonable to expect that those young guys are going to be the ones that are carrying a lot of the load next year. Um, it would be different, yeah. like at a wide receiver position, where. I would love to have the guys who played the most during the regular season play in this bowl game because I don't think it's as reasonable to think that the guys behind them that are here now would be carrying the load next year. So position by position, yes, I think that's absolutely true at the corner spot. Yeah, and I think you can make the argument for receivers. Like, okay, let's let Caleb Burton play without having to be worried about Javarius Johnson. You know what I mean? Let's see... Let's see what you know Camden Brown can do without having to worry about and Shane Hooks may play in the bowl game. I don't know. Yeah. But you know, still you, you gotta think he'll have a larger role than he normally would at that outside spot. So 
I think um, th those guys can help themselves in the bowl game too. The, the question about what, what do you do for your future? Is it better to sit out or not to sit out? I was on a group text that uh, guys were chiming in last night. One specifically who played a long time in the NFL said, I probably don't get drafted had I not played in the bowl game my senior year. My performance in the bowl game probably helped me get drafted. So a little bit of that is like old guard saying, I can't believe the new guard opts out of, of these games, but he genuinely believes that his performance in the bowl game helped him get drafted. And, so. and that may be true, but you know, I think the way the NFL scouts now is different than the way it was, you know, maybe when that guy was playing, I don't know. I don't know, but um, I'm trying to think who it is. It's actually what I'm doing, but all right, <laughs> let's um, let's talk about our friends at mybookie.ag. It's the best place to wager on all of your sports action. Mybookie.ag. Bowl season is here. It was fun watching games on Saturday. It was also fun mm -hmm. watching a bunch of NFL games. Being invested in mybookie.ag while those games are playing, it just makes all of the action better. If you're watching this show, you know your stuff. Make some money. Make some money at mybookie.ag. And when you make that first deposit, Use promo code next round. You'll get some extra free money to play with. Mybookie.ag. Use promo code next round. We're recording this shortly after Auburn basketball really took it to USC, Brad. I mean, what a treat. What a treat that was to see this team continue to click for yeah. both halves. This, this, team's, this team is feeling themselves right now. Yeah, they're playing 10 or 11 guys pretty regularly. Like, Leor Berman got eight minutes today. So they're they're playing 11 guys regularly. Yeah. Um, they're, and that enables you to play such clean basketball. Not only are you fresher, but there's also that element of, if I'm not sharp, if I'm not getting it done, somebody else is coming in. I don't stay on the floor if I'm not sharp. And mm -hmm. at, that has led to... I mean, another game with single-digit turnovers. Auburn won 91-75, to if you're unaware. Eight turnovers in the game. Auburn shot 47.5% for the game, only took about a third of their shots from three, dominated in the paint, shot 78% on 32 free throws. I love so that. The inside game was working. They were, they were, they were winning one-on-one -on -one matchups. They were getting down the floor. They continued to play unselfish. I'm telling you. Folks, it's okay to go ahead and buy in. This is a very good Auburn basketball team. And unless things change, there is nothing from watching this team through its first you know, eight weeks or whatever it's been now. feels like nine or ten weeks with all the road games. But through the first yeah, six sure. weeks or so of the season, uh, there's nothing that tells me this team can't be right there in the thick of the SEC title race this year. And they should be. They should yeah. be. I mean, right now, I think the SEC has shown a lot of inconsistencies, really with the exception of Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky over the last three or four weeks has been spectacular. And they, they dropped the game that they shouldn't have, too. I don't yeah. know if it was within the last three weeks or not. But, yep. you know, their, their game against Miami and then their game this weekend against North Carolina, like they, they probably yeah. deserve the nod to be at the top. But after that, Brad, I think it's wide yeah. open. And I think Auburn should certainly be a part of that conversation. And we've talked about it before with this team, but it's the B word balance. And, and you can look at it as far as balance of minutes, the mm -hmm. balance uh, of point distribution, five guys in double digits um, on uh, on Sunday with Aiden Holloway's 15, Jalen's 14, Janai's 11, Denver's 12 off of just four shots. 
and mm-hmm. uh, Dylan Cardwell's 11. I mean, that's that's awesome. And then when yeah. you look at these guys that were role players for the vast majority of their career, looking at Dylan Cardwell, you look at him now, and he's not just a dude who's like got to eat minutes for Janai Broom to get a breather on the sideline or Walker Kessler to get a breather on the sideline. He is yeah. a truly good college basketball player on both sides of the floor. And yeah. that, that to me has been an understated storyline of this team so far, but like Dylan Cardwell's legit. Like he's, he's not just the energizer bunny that, you know, gives a shot in the arm to everybody to kind of make them feel better when they need to go on a run. He's truly doing it and he's performing at a high level. So couple that with, with the newcomers and these guys that can score double digits on any given night. This team is deep, man, and it's true. It's true depth. Especially at the one and the five, when your second guy comes in and you don't fall off all that much, at the one and the five, that's elite. It's elite. Auburn's point guards today, Aiden Holloway had 15. Trey Donaldson had seven. So you go 22 points off of eight. Seven. Yeah, seven off of four shots, too. Yeah. Yeah, seven points off. Exactly. He was three for four. So they combined to go seven for 14. I'm sorry, eight for 14. 22 points, four rebounds, 11 assists, and one turnover from your point guard. And when Trey comes in the game, the speed of the game picks up. Aiden is a lot more deliberate, and there's a lot more time spent around the perimeter with the ball. Uh, Trey's not that way. It is full bore. It is 90 miles an hour. And... um, Man, they're and they're also. I think they've gotten better defensively, faster than the coaching staff expected. Um, now, look, the USC team today. After watching them, I understand why they're five and five. Auburn won't play a lot more individually talented teams than USC, but in the first half, they averaged two and a half passes per possession, and the most passes. USC had in a single possession in the first half was four. Wow. They play a lot of one-on-one ball. And so if you have team-oriented defense and you can help effectively and you can keep your guys in front of you, fight through screens, off-ball defense, all that, that you're going to beat that team. And that's why five teams have. But it doesn't take away from the fact that Auburn is playing really well defensively. They're playing great offensively. They can take an eight-point game and turn it to 14 in 45 seconds like they did to close the first half. And then yeah. USC never got it to within single digits after that. Yeah, yeah. And I think the timeliness of when guys stepped up was a big part of it, mm-hmm. too. Uh, USC would get it close to double figures in the second half, and then Denver Jones would make a play or Chad Baker Mazar would make a play. Like The timeliness of when things fall certainly matters, too. And I think that's actually something that Auburn has lacked a little bit over the last few seasons. So uh, we we talked about everybody kind of staying in their lane and kind of doing what their job and role is. And that's certainly what we saw on Sunday. So this team can be good, Brad. This team can be really, really good. And and right now I'd have them in the top four teams in the SEC. And I think that's all you really need to be. If you're in that conversation, win the right few games, uh, you got a chance. That's exactly right. That Final Four team finished fifth in the league in in the standings. They caught fire at the right time. But, yeah, typically your top four in the SEC, then all of your goals for the postseason are right there in front of you. Absolutely agree. You're right. You're right. All Uh, right. Speaking of right there in front of you, Brad, (laughs) anybody want to give a shout-out to? Well, I got to talk about our friends at Manscaped. 
you know, manscaped.com right now, 20% off plus free shipping. And, you know, the holidays are here. Christmas is approaching. What if I told you celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does in fact exist. And who out to bring, who else to bring it down uh, your chimney than the leaders in below the waist grooming. All right. So keep calm, let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's oh brand new performance package 5.0 ultra. It features the new lawnmower 5.0. And with that, you can watch all your wishes and those mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice if you're going naughty or staying on the nice list, whatever. Go to manscaped.com, use promo code VICE, V-I-C-E, as so many of you have already done. Get 20% off plus free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. Whether it's you or for others, Zach, I know you have uh, you used promo code VICE at manscaped.com for a little gifting recently. Yeah, just a quick PSA. Mm -hmm. I was actively looking, okay, where do I put the promo code? And they kind of hide the default one is holiday, and now it's only 10% off. So make sure you take out the holiday promo code and put in vice. You'll get a 20% instead of 10%. There you go. That's twice as much. I like twice as much, always. That's right. That's twice right. So, yeah. 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 Thank you so much to our friends at uh, at Manscaped. No question about it. So I I'm hesitant to spend a whole lot of time talking about the transfer portal, Brad, just because yeah. as soon as this happens, you know, something, um, something could pop. And if it does, we'll certainly talk about it on Monday's edition of village vice, but I gave three names out. I put three names out there on Friday that I was watching and one and two of them didn't make the visit. One of them committed to Arkansas before uh, we got Carmona, the San Jose state, offensive tackle commits to Arkansas before even making the visit, which is the second time now that Auburn's really put an emphasis on a, uh, a transfer offensive lineman and they've committed elsewhere before even taking the visit. It's, it's like that position, man, it doesn't matter what we're doing. That position's just been really tough for us to, mm -hmm. to nail down. So interested to see what they do on the offensive line moving forward, where they pivot to. Cause then it was like, okay, well, Mac pounders was here last weekend. Maybe we can kind of reach out to him. And then he he commits to Mississippi State over the weekend. So Aubrey's got to figure out which direction they want to turn regarding offensive line, specifically offensive tackle, Brad. Yeah, uh, to bring this full circle, we started with Hugh Freeze presser quotes, and I'm going to throw in another one here. I thought, again, sure. this was really relevatory. Um, and again, I love this because it goes well, back. What did you just say? Relevatory? Relevatory, yeah. Okay. Re yeah. All right. I thought that um, – we talk all the time about Coach Freeze not being someone you have to translate or decode. He'll just kind of tell you how it is. Right. For good or bad. It's sure. better or worse. He's going to tell you the way it is. Right. And there have been some eyebrows raised at some of the guys Auburn has missed on in the portal. And I think we learned why watching the press conference Saturday. Here's what he said. And it makes me feel really optimistic about Wednesday and how Auburn closes signing day. Here's what he said. Quote, because I'm really committed to trying to sign the best high school class we can, it's really hard for me to juggle the numbers in my mind of managing the 85. If you're really committed to that, you kind of have to see a few things through. If we don't get everything we need, which you typically don't, then you're hoping that the weekend in January provides you with a few of those possibilities to fill the gaps in the portal. So this is kind of like when we talked about Hugh Freeze, the recruiter, delegating to his coordinators for the game plan versus sure. when he took it over and said, no, this is who we are. This is what we're going to do. And we saw a big change. 
I'm really optimistic about the way the high school class finishes on Wednesday because I think that's where the head coach has been putting all of his efforts. So and, let, let's continue. Let's continue this conversation then. So let's yeah. assume that is a hundred percent true at face value, which yep. I'm cool with doing. I'm cool with doing that. You need an offensive tackle, mm -hmm. and it doesn't appear that this high school class is going to have one. Unless they if unless they win favor Edwin against Alabama, which yeah. I think he visited this weekend, I'm not positive. I think I read that on on three. I'm not positive, uh, but yeah, I think I did. And, and and he and he, he his whole thing is like he's gonna be good. He's not gonna be yeah. good day one. He, you know, he's a project player. So I don't I don't know if I buy that across the board. Just because, and maybe maybe it's a priority. Maybe this is more of a program priority than a 2024 right. priority, which makes sense, right? I totally get where he's coming from. There because Dylan Wade is good enough. Dylan Wade is good enough to play left tackle. We saw it last year. He was not the problem Auburn's offense. What he's not why Auburn's offense struggled at times a year ago. So I'm totally okay with that. Depth, hmm, but you can probably get depth in that last weekend of that first window. So once again, I, I'm with you there. Yeah. Defensive tackle is one that's interesting because with Marcus Harris leaving. As we record this, we haven't heard anything official on Justin Rogers, what exactly is happening with him. But that's one where it's like, I, if they flip LJ McCray and you, you know, you feel good about TJ Lindsay, like those guys, I'm comfortable with them playing early, even playing day one. Are we comfortable with them playing 50 or 60 snaps a game? Right. I don't know, Brad. I don't know. Yeah. How, and just how many true freshmen are you looking to realistically trot out there as, as a part of the mainline rotation next year. I mean, you typically don't want to do that on the offensive or defensive line if you can help it. If you're in a situation where you can help it, you don't want to try to do that. So I, I don't know. I do, I do think, though, again, whether it's the right way or the wrong way, I do tend to think that's why. Like it makes it's sure. reason it's reasonable to me. I agree. That that's why you haven't seen this major haul of transfer portal guys in the last two weeks. And and it's why I think you could see some names on Wednesday that um, you know really make this one of the elite classes in the country. Yeah. I mean LJ McCray and KJ Bolden, I think, are the two. Mm -hmm. You feel good about Amaris Williams flipping the four-star defensive lineman flipping from Florida to Auburn. He was tweeting WDE at Ryan Williams on Sunday. Like you feel good yeah. about him. Um, you feel good about Cone Eccles, the former Texas AM commit and you know once again on offensive line that's a guard same with you know deandre carter those guys are guards yeah um we'll, we'll see how they use them but yeah like lj mccray i think is good enough to play early mm -hmm. but you need beef you need beef you need those 300 plus pound guys mm -hmm. and right now you've got jason jones and that's that's about it well maybe justin rogers stays maybe he stays the fact I, i've Shockingly little has come out of his camp, which yeah. may be good for Auburn. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But we, we've talked a ton about the, the freshman receivers, and th that's fine. Like DeAndre Carter at guard, I, I wouldn't hate him. I don't think he'll need to play day one. Other right. freshmen on the defensive line, Malik Blockton, TJ Lindsey, Dimitri Nicholas. Uh, Blockton's evals are all over the place. TJ Lindsey's unanimously loved. Yeah. Um, so like th those guys, I think you can have a role. I don't know if not, I want them starting. Right. Not 55, 60 snaps per game. Yeah. Role. Right. 
And then it's like, okay, well, you're hearing more and more about Keldrick Falk gaining more and more weight, which is awesome. The guy just yeah. can't stop growing, talking to folks close to him, which is good. So is he going to scoot inside and play that three technique? Then it's like, okay, well, who's your defensive end next year? So I don't know. The, the defensive line is where all the questions are for me. Yeah. Linebacker, shockingly, you feel really good about because even the guys coming in with Demarcus Riddick and, and DJ Barber, like I'm fine with those guys getting reps next yeah. year. That's true freshman, Brad. Yeah. And then defensive back, a lot of turnover, but the talent's in the room. So mm -hmm. like I feel better about that too just because the talent's in the room. So defensive line and tackle are the, are the, two, are the two places where it's like, well – you're not just having all these guys. You're not just hosting all these guys just cause. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not just having them in just cause. And I, and I know, I know Wednesday is very, very important. But at some point, you got to get some of these guys. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting to see if anybody commits before Wednesday. I'm sure somebody will commit right right after we publish this video. <laughs> it's true. I almost true. guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to go into the comments section and go edit. This was recorded at and, and give a timestamp. That's right. Oh man. That's right. It's going to be a fun week. Uh, it, it is. It is. And, uh, I think we're back to normal as far as our schedule. Mm -hmm. So, um, was that Monday, Wednesday, Thursday? Is that right? Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. You got it. Okay. All right. I think we're back to normal now. I'm done traveling for a minute. So Brad, I think that about does it for today's show. It does. Thanks everybody for watching. Remember, everyone has vices. Everybody. Don't let somebody tell you they don't have vices. Everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.